I'm Matt Knotts. And I'm Chris Lindstrom. And we are the co-founders of the Lunchador Podcast Network, your home for amazing and wide-ranging podcasts in Rochester. With shows like Anomaly Presents, Behind the Glass, the Level Up Coffee Podcast, Punches and Popcorn, Just Can't Not, and of course, Food About Town, we celebrate the people, places, and things that make Rochester a fantastic place to live. We have more shows joining the network soon and offer remote and in-person recordings and video too. We're excited to bring distinct and diverse voices together on one network. Follow Lunchador on social media to catch new episodes as soon as they release and stay tuned for exciting news about new shows and how to support them. Lunchador, Lunchador, celebrating Rochester's Rochester's creativity through the the magic of podcasting. How are you now? Me? Oh, not so bad. Thanks for asking. It's good to be here. Thank you for listening. I do appreciate you. I was supposed to have a guest. Yes, indeed, I was supposed to have Nate from Nate's Nuts on this here podcast today. And Nate got a little busy roasting the nuts. So unfortunately canceled on me. And I thought, you know what? Since I've joined the Lunchador Podcast Network, I've yet to do a monologue style podcast. So let me throw one in, see how they like it. So here we go. Just me today. Got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, I I feel bad because Nate, honestly, I want to talk to this guy. He is on fire with his nuts. Nate is, uh, he's in many stores. You can find him in Redbird Market, Abundance Co-op, Pittsburgh Dairy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's the candied nuts. You know, like when you go to a carnival, a festival, and you you smell the, the cinnamon roasted almonds or whatever. That's what he does. He does that shelf stable in stores, and I really think he's got a good little niche. He just moved into a new place in the city. Uh, he really moved from sort of, you know, commercial kitchen to, like, plant now, and I uh, was just excited to talk to him. We'll get him on again here in the next few weeks, but uh, Nate, uh, Nate couldn't make it today. So it is what it is. Um, you know, it, it, By the way, toasting nuts, not as easy as I thought it would be. We are making this chocolate vinaigrette dressing here at Craft Cannery. We've just I'm just R and Ding it right now, just kind of research and develop going on. And I finally landed on a recipe I liked, and it's actually um, it's for the EPI chocolate ball coming up in April or May or whatever. I'm emceeing and judging in the chocolate ball this year. This is that the the EPI is the charity that works with the uh, people who have epilepsy and. Um, 
the EPI does, I think it's a great idea, the chocolate ball. And the chocolate ball invites amateur and professional chefs to make a, a, elaborate chocolate cakes. Then we uh, judge the, taste them, judge them, and essentially auction them off that night at the chocolate ball. It's a great event. And this year, as a go-home gift for the four or 500 attendees of the ball, they will all be going home with a craft cannery EPI co-branded bottle of chocolate vinaigrette dressing. Um, it's a it's a tough tough thing to make. If you Google chocolate vinaigrette dressing recipes, you'll come across a bunch. You'll find them, but in practicality, it's not a dressing you can put on any kind of salad. Like uh, my go-to for a salad. And despite what I look like, believe it or not, I really love salad. But I go with the Italian salads, right? I love I love peppers, tomatoes, onions. I, that's what I want on my salad. Cheese, you know, like I like that. Nice, a nice crouton, a nice good crouton, nice homemade crouton. Not enough people make their croutons at home. Slice up some bread, toss the bread in olive oil with a little garlic, pepper, and salt, and you got yourself a hell of a crouton in the oven, 400 degrees, five minutes. Oh, so good. Anyway, that's how I like my salad. Chocolate vinaigrette doesn't work on that salad. Chocolate vinaigrette has to be on a very specific kind of salad. Chocolate vinaigrette belongs on a salad with like a maybe like a spring mix, uh, strawberries, blueberries, feta cheese, you know, and, and candied nuts. And then you drizzle the balsamic vinaigrette on top. So I decided this week, I brought some of my R&D batch of these of this chocolate vinaigrette home with me. And I said, well, I'm going to try it in, in use, right? I want to try it in practice. So I made one of those salads with the berries and the feta and the uh, nuts. And I decided I didn't have any candied nuts. I'll candy my own nuts, right? So I put them on my stove with a little butter, a little sugar, a little cinnamon, and immediately scorched them. Just burnt them dead bad no good <laughs> so not as easy as you think tried it again and sort of nailed it the second time around but again first time around not so good needed a second try never good when your five-year-old son comes in the room and goes what stinks while you're making dinner Mm-hmm. anyway so we'll get nate on to talk about nuts here in the next few weeks. Uh, as far as me, I got a lot to talk about today. I got some radio stuff to talk about. I want to talk about that I interesting news story in the city about the CRC and uh, the potential scandal that's being invested right now, investigated right now. Uh, they were a pass-through entity for money to go from the county to some not-for-profits in the county. And uh, I happen to know the person connected to that, Tina Paradiso. And I just want to talk a little bit about that coming up. Um, also, a quick review of Mrs. Doubtfire I'll, I'll give you and, uh, and and so on and so forth. But real quick, a couple updates on my entrepreneurial journey. Ten years in at this point. Uh, the big thing going on in my life right now is that uh, it, this week... The Village of Bergen gave us the stamp on our blueprints, or I should say our drawings, for our expansion. So it is set, baby. It's in motion. We have to go talk to the county now, uh, the village, the electorate, etc. There's a lot of stuff the GC, general contractor, has to do. But long story short, we are still looking at a very solid chance or good, good chance of breaking ground in mid to late March. So very excited about that. That is good. 
Um, it's expensive, but it's good. <laughs> Things are going well here. Um, that's one thing going on with me from the not-for-profit side of my life. The thing going on with me right now is that I'm excited to be part of a group putting together a uh, ADA-compliant, meaning handicap-accessible vegetable garden that we want to build this May at the Sunshine Camp in Rush, Rochester Rotary. That will be my presidential project for this year. So if you have any interest or know anybody with gardening skills or gardening expertise, I would love to talk to you as we prepare for May and getting this garden built. Picture raised beds, fenced in, but the raised beds are raised a little higher than normal. They'll be up three, four feet high. Uh, and also, they will not have bottoms to them. So how do I explain this to make sense? So essentially picture you're in a wheelchair, you pull up to a garden bed. If it's solid wood going straight from the ground up four feet, you can't quite pull in all the way and you can't reach. So you have to do a thing where you leave the bottoms of the beds uh, empty. There's no wood down there so you can pull right up your chair underneath the bed so now your like knees and legs would be under the bed and you can garden that way. So it's, it's got to be made a special way but we're really excited about that and would love to talk to you about partnering with it by the way if you'd like to help. Love to talk to you. Um, a couple of people have reached out to me this week and I of course noticed myself when I saw it on Facebook which is how I learned that Dino K has uh, joined the Brother We Show at Radio 95.1. Uh, even though I have a reputation of trashing everything they do, I would like for it to be noted that the last time they made a move, I praised it, and this time I am here to praise this move. I think it is a fantastic, phenomenal move. I think Dino K is everything that I have always said you need to be to be successful in this in this city, in this time, this day and age in radio. Dino is what? What have we said about radio over the years, guys? Dino is, quote, over with the audience. And my pro wrestling fans know that over is a good thing. Over means the audience loves you. Dino is loved in this city, loved in this community. And look, in 2024, in a city like Rochester, radio's not going to make stars anymore. Star Radio needs to listen to and figure out who the stars already are and go and get those people. Now, Dino was made a star by radio, but he did it, you know, a generation ago. He did it decades ago because he's been around forever. He's over with the audience. They love him. He's on a legacy show that is loved and is over with the audience. And Dino's going to be just, just fine and just great. And it's a really good move for iHeartRadio. I just think that uh, that was a logical one. Funny story to tie myself into it is in 2010, when I became Brother Weeze's producer, my boss at the time, Dave LaFroy, <laughs> told me that because he was not the one who actually hired me. It was actually his boss that hired me to be Weeze's producer. He then told me that he preferred Dino K for the position, but that he thought I would do just fine. <laughs> so you finally got your wish, Dave. Dino is uh, now on the Brother Weeze show. There you go. Speaking of radio stuff, guess who I got to finally be on camera slash microphone with? All these years being in radio together, uh, or all those years, I should say, both of us aren't there anymore. But Terry Clifford, 
Terry Clifford has a podcast now, Studio Diaries, and she was doing some short segments for it in collaboration with one of her sponsors, which is a mutual friend of ours, the folks over at Country Max. And I was invited to be a part of one of those featurettes, and that was just such an honor. Even though it was only three, four minutes long, still just to sit and banter back and forth with Terry in any type of professional capacity is the honor of a lifetime. She's a legend in this city, and the fact that I've gotten to sit across from people like Brother Wee's, Bob Lonsberry, and now Terry Clifford in my life is just uh, a really just just a huge huge thing, huge deal. Uh, real quick before we get to the Tina Paradiso thing and CRC, uh, I do want to just give one last plug. My wife and I went to see Mrs. Doubtfire at the Auditorium Theater Friday night. I hate that these podcasts come out when I am. Uh, on Sundays when the show is pretty much done at this point, but I do want to let you know it is not done done. If you want to go see Mrs. Doubtfire, two shows today, one o'clock and six o'clock at the Auditorium Theater. Hilarious, heartfelt, great show. Uh, Just another just great job by the Auditorium Theater, Rochester Broadway Theater League to bring that show into town. Okay, let's get into it. Let's get controversial. CRC, Tina Paradiso. So, um... I'm not going to bother really diving deep into the news part of this story. I'm just going to tell you what I know and what I think. And it's mostly what I think, very little what I know. But um, the, the general scandal, if you're unfamiliar with it, is it is alleged that this not-for-profit called CRC, I think it was Community... Oh, geez, you know, I'm not even going to guess at what it was. But it stood for something, and the idea is it was an entity that was going to to be a pastor entity that was going to take money from the county or the state, I think, and then uh, essentially distribute it to local not-for-profits in Monroe County. And somehow that went south. They got approved for this funding. Um, a portion of the funding may have gone to questionable places. That's what being inve- it's what's being investigated right now. Uh, maybe it did, maybe it didn't. We'll see what the investigation shows. But long story short, there is basically these not-for-profits started to say, hey, we're not getting our money anymore. What happened when the county finally looked into it? They were like, oh, shit something's not right here. Stop everything. Let's look into this. And once they did that, it turned out that a lot of people started pointing fingers as they do in these situations. And some of those fingers were pointed at this woman named Tina Paradiso, who uh, is the owner of a a small business printing t-shirts and apparel and stuff called Imprintable Solutions. And I happen to know her a little bit and wanted to tell you that my character reference on her is very positive. I've I've really enjoyed the, the little bit that I've had the opportunity to know Tina. Uh, I was at a entrepreneurial summit five, six years ago, maybe was one of those David Mamano Avanti entrepreneur events. And I went to this co-work space in like Brighton, Henrietta. And, um, uh, you know, it was a thing where it was rapid fire entrepreneurs. So it was like, you got up, you talked about your story for 10 minutes and you were done. And I went, I think just after Tina or just before Tina. And so we were there kind of together backstage and, um, right after I got off stage, Tina approached me and basically we chatted a little bit and she told me about her t-shirt shop and what she does. But she also told me that she, uh, ran a not-for-profit that helps place people who can't otherwise find jobs in jobs. So migrants or, uh, young people with criminal backgrounds, felonies, things like that. She she helped find them jobs. And at the time, didn't really mean much for me because at the time I wasn't yet uh, doing manufacturing. But once I was, 
I thought of her, reached out to her, and, you know, one way or another, it just never worked out, mostly because we're all the way out in Bergen. So a lot of times, in fact, a couple of times, it was just that they couldn't get transportation here. There's one time I got to the point where I was going to hire this guy who was like an Afghan refugee that came in through Tina. And uh, he sounded great. He was in the Afghanistan military and, like, was was just from what I understood was just the hardest working guy you were ever going to meet. There was a language barrier, but no big deal. Right. And, um, you know, it was, it was close, but I interviewed him through a translator. It went great. I was, I wanted this guy, but again, just turned out he couldn't get here. He, there was no transportation in place for him to get here. So kind of a bummer kind of ended, you know, poorly. Cause I wished that I could have gotten hired one of her people that were hard to hire because I love that kind of stuff, but it just didn't work out. Anyway, always thought highly of her. And the whole time I dealt with her and trying to hire those kids, I always thought, Hey, this is uh, a wonderful thing this woman is doing. And if I ever need to uh, throw some apparel business somewhere, I'd like for it to be Tina. So sure enough, a couple of years in, we decide to get some, uh, not really uniforms, but like t-shirts and hoodies made for craft cannery. And I like for my people walking around my plant to have branding on them. So it's like, you know, it looks like we're all part of the same thing instead of everyone just wearing whatever they want to wear. So I got a bunch of stuff made and, um, I used Tina and had a good experience. I would go there and, uh, you know, she would always have young people working. And I assumed that they were some of those people who, potentially maybe had criminal backgrounds. I don't know, but they're just people who, uh, for whatever reason, it was hard to place, so that was who she hired. And again, I don't know that that's who they were. It's just that that's what I thought because I knew that's the not-for-profit she ran, but I just thought the whole thing was really wonderful. I just thought, this is great. I'm happy to support this woman. Then, of course, this news comes out, and it's a bummer because I'm going, wow, geez, oh man, you know, I really thought, I thought she was great. You know, a lot of people thought she was great. Look, less than a year ago, the county voted for her to run this little entity that was going to be a pass-through. So I'm not the only person that thought she was great. And for the record, have no reason yet to not think she's great. But of course, there's some allegations out there. The allegations are misappropriation of funds, et cetera, et cetera. Who knows what's true? Who knows what's not? I've texted with her a little since the whole thing went on, you know, told her that, uh, hey, listen, I don't know what you did, what you didn't do. My experience with you was positive, and I understand you're going through something right now, and you probably need some positive vibes, so here you go. So, um, but here's, every, all that is kind of what I know, right? Now, let me give you some speculation. Here's what I think. Okay, here's what I think. I don't know much about her business. I don't think that we're talking about multi-million dollar businesses here, right? I also don't think that the not-for-profit she was running had a lot of money in, a lot of money out, right? I, I just think she's she was running a, a successful little sm small business, doing some business, but probably not dealing with a lot of money. And all of a sudden, heart in the right place, she's, she's part of starting the CRC thing, and they get this funding, and, and all of a sudden... Somebody without a ton of experience in dealing with large amounts of money is now dealing with a large amount of money. And not only that, it's being advertised that she has all this money because the, the, the county, they award her or her organization, I should say, the right to distribute this money, right? Again, I'm speculating. I don't know. What happens when all of a sudden you got a lot of money and your goal is to give away that money? What happens? You want to take a guess? everybody wants to be your best friend. That's what happens. Everybody. 
Everybody, hey, what are you doing for lunch next Wednesday? Got a couple things I'd love to talk to you about, right? Everybody wants to be your friend when they think you got money, especially when they need money, which who doesn't, right? I know, I need some. (laughs) So speculation only. I think maybe it's possible that, you know, she got preyed upon by people who just all of a sudden made her feel like a a million bucks, made her feel like a VIP. And all of a sudden, you know, there's there's questionable decisions being made. I don't know. (laughs) Excuse me, I don't know. And the questionable decisions come from the right place. She probably thought she was doing the right thing, right? I mean, look, it was her first time dealing with that kind of money. And, you know, everyone's the good guy in their version of the story. So as people are selling her these ideas that they want her to fund, uh, she's, you know, bought some guy a barbershop, I guess. She's buying these Jeep Grand Wagoneer things. Again, all the allegations. I don't know what the hell is true or what's not. But, but, uh, you know, these are things that somebody probably convinced her were a good idea. And I don't want to let her off the hook. I mean, you got to filter these things there's a lot of people try and sell you a lot of things on a daily basis i'm not running a not-for-profit but i'm out here running a little manufacturing business and i'll tell you i'd be surprised if there's not a, a somebody cold calling at our front door right now trying to figure out uh, if if they can sell us boxes or freight or something i mean there are people trying to sell people things every day but maybe you get a little taste of popularity all of a sudden you know and 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 you just you, you unfortunately and then unfortunately Uh, When it comes to money, things can domino pretty quickly. They domino out of control. And before you know it, you're factoring, which is this thing that just came out where apparently there's a lawsuit. There's a company that does this thing called factoring. If you don't know what that is, factoring is uh, uh, sort of they prey upon businesses that need cash quickly. So cashes can sell their receivables at a discounted rate to get cash right up front. Um, and, and so it just to kind of translate that just in case my wife will tell me I'm mansplaining right now, but just in case you're going, I don't follow what you're talking about. Let's say you run a business and you've done a bunch of work for people and all of those people collectively together, they owe you a hundred thousand dollars. Uh, but all of them aren't going to pay you for 15, 30, 60 days, whatever it might be. You know, they, they, they've all got terms with you. So you did this work for them. And they don't owe you money for 30 or 60 days on the work you did. But you need that money right now. Factoring is you go to a company, a factoring company, and you say, hey, I have $100,000 in receivables. And they say, great, we'll give you $75,000 for them. So you get a check for $75,000 right now, today, right? They get your $100,000 in receivables now that they get to collect. That's what factoring is. Frankly, I don't like it as a business. I get it. I get why they created that business. It's an interesting little niche, but it feels to me like shark. You know, you know those things where like, I don't know if you guys get them, but because I'm a business owner, I get them. And that is the people are constantly trying to loan you $10,000 or $20,000 for insanely high interest rates. Right, like, do you need ten thousand dollars to help fund your business for just a thirty-nine point nine percent interest rate? We'll loan you that ten thousand. Like, it's it's absolutely criminal, but unfortunately, if you find someone desperate for cash, sometimes people will do it because the one thing they are giving you is they're giving you cash right now. 
And that's that's what this was. So she's now apparently there's a lawsuit that they're alleging that she's she somehow didn't live up to her end of the deal. She sold her receivables at one point uh, and and whatever. So anyway, long story short, I, character reference to me with Tina is there. I, my my experience with her was positive. I feel terrible that this is going on in her life right now. I have no idea what this investigation is going to show. And and listen, if it shows that she's the worst thing that's ever happened to this world, then I will get on this podcast and I will tell you I was wrong. I am not going to sit here either and make excuses and say she didn't make any mistakes. Probably the investigation is going to show some mistakes were made. What I will say is he without sin cast the first stone. I will say that, first of all. Second of all, I will tell you, let somebody give you, was it $7 million or was it one point seven? Either way, it's a lot of money. Let somebody give you a couple million dollars. And then let them advertise that you have a couple million dollars and that you'll be deciding who to dispense it to. Find out how many best friends you have immediately because it's a lot. All of a sudden, you got a lot of best friends. And listen, you know, if you're somebody who's been trying to make it for years and years and years, and I don't know, Tina, maybe she's somebody who was trying to make it for years and years. And suddenly there's an inner circle. Right? There's politicians, there's there's movers and shakers, there's influencers who want to be your best friend. And guess what? They got a not-for-profit that could use some money. Well, maybe that would feel kind of good on the old ego, you know? And maybe it would force you to make some decisions that would be against your better judgment if you weren't so, so cloudy-minded by all the limelight. That's all I'm saying is, let's just have empathy, please. Before we tear people down, let's hear their side of the story. Typically, everybody is the good guy in their version of the story. And one thing I'm really good at is being wrong. So, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you right here, right now, before I sign off, if I am wrong and it turns out that this was a criminal enterprise (laughs) that was masterminded by her and that all of it is, you know, just the tip of the iceberg, then I will get on this podcast. I would tell you I was wrong. But I'm just telling you, consider for a moment that she just wanted to sit with the cool kids at lunch and the cool kids took advantage of her. That's all I'm going to say. Consider that. Thank you for listening. We'll talk next week. This has been a presentation of the Lunchador Podcast Network.